Welcome to the On-Premise IT Podcast, the only podcast that dares to be both on topic and on location. My name is Tom Hollingsworth, and I'm a part of Gestalt IT. In each episode, we bring you the perspectives and opinions of a group of IT luminaries, experts in their field on a variety of enterprise IT topics. I'd like to take a moment for our guests to introduce themselves before we jump into the premise for today's episode, starting with Karen. Hi, I'm Karen Lopez. I'm a data chick based in Toronto. And yes, data chick is the social media handle I use almost everywhere. Roy? Hi, I'm Roy Chua. I am the principal at a company called Avidthink. Uh, we are in research and analysis for technology infrastructure. Hey there, I'm Alex Niehaus. I'm an AWS uh, and Azure cloud infrastructure architect. All right, well, thank you all for joining us today. Let's jump into the premise for this episode. We've been talking a lot about security this week because we're here at Security Field Day. And one of the things that constantly comes up is this idea that security people need to have visibility into everything. But that opens up a big can of worms when it comes to the privacy of the data that they're seeing. You have to trust that they're not going to do something with it that they shouldn't. Or worse yet, what happens if a security company suddenly decides that the data that they've collected is more valuable than the service that they're offering? And now you have a privacy nightmare on your hands. And as people who work with data all the time will tell you, security doesn't always equate to privacy. So the premise of this episode is that security is not privacy. And I want to open the floor up. And I, I imagine that we're going to have some vehement agreement with each other but I, I kind of want to explore this topic a little bit because we have a lot of rules in, uh, whether it's in the US and Europe and Canada, that are very focused on data privacy and some hefty fines that can be uh, handed out when my data leaks out. Why do we have personally identifiable information? Why do we care about it so much? Go ahead. So I, I think the, the, the big challenge here, the, the, the sort of challenge that we face is that the cat's the, the cow's out of the barn. If you have a device, for example, as we were talking about earlier today, that broadcasts in unlicensed spectrum, I think it's on the it's the responsibility of that device maker to ensure that what we would consider private data doesn't leave the device. That's that's my concern is that if we if we say if we try hard to regulate what happens after the data has left the device, then we're always going to be behind the eight, the eight, the eight ball. There's just, there's just somebody who's going to do something untoward with it, or it's going to leak, or someone will have access to it who shouldn't. And so I think that's really where we have to put the onus, not on, on the receptors, but on the originators. And maybe we should give uh, some of the listeners some context of, in case you're not listening to the whole tech field day for, uh, today and didn't get the context. I think the context here Alex is talking about is, is essentially, you know, if you're scanning an enterprise location or any location uh, for security, looking for devices that shouldn't be there, looking for rogue APs that shouldn't be there, and you pick up because you're scanning not just Wi-Fi, you're spanking, scanning Bluetooth as well, you pick up all sorts of devices. As we know, everything now has some Bluetooth signatures on it and Bluetooth identities, um, including medical devices and other more interesting devices, let's just say. Um, and you pick that up as part of your scan. So you're doing that for security to identify devices that shouldn't be there. And now you have a log, you have reports, but some of those devices may violate the privacy of the users of those devices, like say, an insulin pump 
or a pacemaker, for instance. And, mm -hmm. and then the question is, who's responsible? What do you do in that case, right? If you are building the solution to do the scanning to improve security, is it your problem, really, to try to redact or hide or protect that information? Or is it the users of that? And, or is it the manufacturers, as Alex is saying, it's not our fault, it's really the manufacturer's fault in the first place. You shouldn't be broadcasting and beaconing the fact that I'm an insulin pump, I'm an insulin pump, right? And I'm attached to Alex or Roy or you know, Karen, right? I think, mm -hmm. I think that's, the, that's the question at hand. I think that sums it up. And the reason we got into this sort of debate about it is I totally agree that it's up to the people sending the beacons to try to do it in the way that respects privacy the best way it can. But we all know a lot of wireless things have to broadcast something in order for the other things to connect to them. Now, are they sending, hey, I'm an insulin pump and I'm attached to Karen Lopez's arm? Probably not. Yep. But where we came about in this scenario is while they're scanning, the scannings are picking up the name of my laptop, the name of my phone, where I sit in that office space. Mm -hmm. And it's when you bring those things together that you're probably with very high accuracy going to say it's Karen wearing the pacemaker, the insulin pump, and carrying the smart Barbie that's connected to Wi-Fi, right? And so that's where it sort of crosses the line. And in our discussion, to me, the privacy part, so data privacy is not data secrecy. Let's just agree with that. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can tell all my colleagues that I have an insulin pump. Mm -hmm. I can talk to people. I can wear it. I can wear the monitor on my arm. It's broadcasting its name sure. and its little ad for it on there. Um, where it crosses the line is when these security tools are now recording the fact that this MAC address, this device ID, whatever they've collected is now being collected, put into security systems, and now that may be breaching my privacy or it makes me concerned about it. Data privacy is particularly centered around consent. So you can collect data. There's nothing wrong with scanning a beacon and finding sure. it, but the collection, retention, and Aggregating it with other data is probably where, while I didn't have an expectation of privacy with the beacon, because you've added it to other data, I have not consented probably to my employer, no matter what I signed away when I said, I have no expectation of privacy if I bring a device on site. You know, maybe, I, maybe that crosses the line. At least, at the very least, it becomes a sensitive data liability for the enterprise to continue to collect that data. I think your real objection isn't about um, atomized collection. Mm -hmm. It's about aggregation. Yeah. yeah. Right? And, you know, I think we have to be very careful that we separate those things, right? Yep. When, I'm, when I'm articulating that it's the burden of the emitter not to emit more than is absolutely necessary yep. to connect to, say, a Wi-Fi network or yep. to go through Bluetooth or BLE mm -hmm. uh, connectivity, I think that's something that reduces the ultimate ability to aggregate. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the, other, the other part of this that I think is important is that you really can't have an expectation of privacy with these communicating devices, right? They communicate over public airwaves. They, they communicate... Um, uh, using unlicensed, unlicensed spectrum in those, on those public airways. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's, you know, 
I, I, I hear and I, I really agree with the aggregation problem, mm -hmm. but I think you have to minimize the value of aggregation at the source to reduce the temptation for a company to collect this data, which then, you know, I, I don't think companies are really in the business of, 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 of I hope not, aggregation for profit. You know, this would mm -hmm. be, ans you know, this scenario we're talking mm -hmm. about where there's a device that's oh. communicating, it would be ancillary, but it could leak and someone could steal that and sell it. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. it's, sure. if it's minimized, that reduces the value of the aggregated mm -hmm. data. And the, there's two elements to that, right, which is that you can have more anonymous um, approaches to your devices as you're walking around, and we know Apple has done anonymization, you know, for Wi-Fi and even for Bluetooth as we go around. Um, I think that's one context. Second context, if you're at work, there are a lot more elements that you can be correlated with, right? And so if you're walking through an airport, you'll have some, you know, hopefully we get smart about how we name our iPhones and devices. <laughs> it doesn't say, you know, Alex at, you know, yeah. your social security number, XYZ, Bluetooth <laughs> device, right? Yeah. I mean, we don't do that. But but at, at work is a little different. So at work, that correlation engine is much more powerful because, well, we know that that's the cube that Karen sits in or, you know, here's the office that Roy was in, right, because he batched in and he's right there. And I think then the question becomes, if I'm running security tools, which I should be as a mm -hmm. security individual, mm -hmm. I'm collecting all the data, I'm aggregating it, now I've got correlation. You know, I have a map. Mm -hmm. I have, you know, floor two, sector nine, you know, cube number three, you know, is someone with an insulin pump or with a pacemaker or whatever it is, and then it goes in the report. And then the problem now is I have a report that that's an HR issue, right, which is yep. that, well, you know, we're thinking of letting go, you know, employee nine and employee 10. Well, employee nine, I don't know, right, you know, has an insulin pump, a pacemaker, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe it's more expensive insurance-wise, healthcare-wise. Yeah. Maybe we use that in our decision-making. I think that's going to yeah. be quite interesting, right? I think that's mm -hmm. the part where it gets interesting. Now, who's... Whose issue is it? Is it the tool maker mm -hmm. that's putting the reports together and giving the mapping and the correlation and all those elements? Is it the company who needs to now mandate that you can't collect that kind of stuff and you could redact these things? Or is it the IT and security department that's, that's trying to put these things together and you know, this, the CISO will just say, well, you know what, let's just redact all these and find a way to do yeah. that, right? Who's responsible either, on top of the manufacturer of the device, right? Really so, important questions. Right? Yeah, let me give you another hypothetical. So yeah. if a company was producing a, an aggregated report of people with insulin pumps, yep. like employee nine, mm -hmm. yep. um, for the purpose of uh, reducing its group insurance rates, mm -hmm. that would be illegal, mm. right? And I don't that really is care. illegal, right? right? Yeah. So maybe, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think we have to differentiate the the the, the bad cases. The I was going to say use cases, yeah. but you know, employee theft of this aggregated data is mm -hmm. is worries me more mm -hmm. than uh, malicious corporate use, because malicious corporate use is already patently illegal. So let me pose this question to you, because you, you're definitely hitting around these ideas. Aggregation is, is a problematic thing. And I would, correlation, yeah. Aggregation, correlation, metadata collection. Yeah. It's not just discrete pieces of data, it's what I do with them all together. Mm -hmm. I can give you a not hypothetical situation, because we, you, Alex, you mentioned earlier that you want a device to only use the bare minimum necessary to make a protocol work to, to do that, right? As we learned earlier today, thanks to NetAlly, um, if you're not a wireless expert, you may not have known this, the client device in your pocket is constantly beaconing 
for open access points that you have joined. So when you open up the list of, of access or of networks that you've joined, every time you walk through a building, your device is interrogating the infrastructure, asking if it's one of those networks. And it's sending its MAC address in that beacon. Now, Apple has randomized those since uh, several iOS revisions ago, but even uh, testing has proven that it's not randomized with every beacon. It's only randomized in a certain time code series. So what I could do is I could collect the beacon information from an iPhone beaconing for these networks, and I can use that data along with location services, which may not have to be hyper-precise, but precise enough inside of an organization to know roughly where you were in the building for how long to be able to correlate more data. So the problem is not, at least from my perspective, that we need to limit what has to happen in order for something to function. It's that we need to stop people from using the data that they can collect because we have to give that and building entire suites of mm -hmm. solutions around that. It's, it's OSINT, right? Mm -hmm. What has somebody leaked out that I can use against them? So one of the things is, like I just, data privacy, like we have human, the way humans used to talk about privacy, like I'm a very private person. I don't want people to know where I live or everything. And we know that that kind of privacy is really hard to live up to, right? But then there's data privacy, which is the legal and compliance things, and they really mean two separate things, because legislation, legislators don't understand these nuances at all, so they legislate things that make it very difficult to do work. But I'll use a real-world example that I heard about at a data governance conference earlier this month, mm -hmm. is that we all know when they give you a proximity badge at work that they can track you when you came in, when you left, and there is a very large financial institution that is trying to get employees to come from remote only to mm -hmm. hybrid. That back to the office thing is becoming more and more contentious. So they started not only tracking with badges when you came in and when you left, but where you are in the building during your time there. And they, are, they started using it under a new policy to mandate, that, and I forget the number they used, that you were in office at least 15 hours a week. But not only were you in office in the facility, that you were at your assigned location. So that if you decided to work on the picnic table outside because it was a nice day, you were no longer in compliance. If you attended a conference to talk about data privacy, you are no longer in compliance. Mm. And now HR and their legal teams are starting to say, even though you may have no expectation of privacy with your badge while you're on the facility, this is overreach for the consent you provided when you agreed to get a badge. Mm -hmm. Like when you got a badge the first time, you knew it was about coming in and out and you probably figured doors were tracking your in and out. But right. did you realize that now your more precise location in the facility was going to be used for HR purposes and for compensation and to automatically deduct your out of offices as a vacation day. So this is not necessarily an abuse. It's just a big gray legal area that we all have to decide. And I think this whole scanning for personal devices is going to be a big gray area. So I am worried about HR using it to who should we lay off or who should we promote and, and those kinds of things. But I also think we'll just keep running into these gray area questions. Like, will they start saying, 
you know, something silly, like you can't bring a personal phone in, not mm -hmm. because we're afraid of the camera or you connecting to TikToks on it, but because we don't want to collect that data. Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, there are, I think it depends on where you are in the world, depends on the type of workplace, yeah. depends on the sort of the business risk. I mean, like for instance, I mean, we talk about the workplace, we talk about sort of office workers, but with regard to, you know, if, if you're a truck driver, yeah. right, in logistics, right, in transportation, yeah. Yeah. There, there, are, there is tracking. Yes. You know that there is tracking. Your GPS yeah. track. They tell you, you there's tracking. And you expect it. And you yeah. expect, and you expect it. it because you know that if you stop for too long, you go to the bathroom for too drive long, too fast. you drive too fast, everything's tracked. So you know yeah. that that's the case. Yeah. So then the question becomes, well, if you type too fast or you type too slow, is yeah. that equivalent, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, Roy's not typing fast enough. Let's <laughs> zap him again, right? Oh, my God. Right? He's backspacing yeah, too he's backspacing often. He's backspacing too often because we, can't, we keep spelling that word with an E and we got to go yeah. back and yeah. the E from yeah. the end of the word, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I think that, that becomes quite interesting. Now, in, in some countries, in some situations, mm -hmm. There is no expectation of privacy. That's you right. walk in, you surrender everything. You walk yep. into the factory, you do your work, mm -hmm. and then you come back out, kind of like the kind of like the show's you know Severance, right? Yeah. Yep. You, you go in and you come out. It's two different worlds, right? Yeah. I think it, I, I don't know where the I I think Karen, you're right. It, it's going to morph. It's going to change. There's going to be lawsuits. There's going to be argument and discussions yep. and back and forth, and it'll settle somewhere for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then the state of the art and technology would change again. Yeah. And people's expectations in society would change again and yep. it shift again, right? And yep. we'll, we'll keep moving. I think, I think of, go ahead. No, 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 I think that's wise. It is a dystopian view yeah. of, our, of our lives, right? So mm -hmm. we have to adjust in some way. And I think the right way to adjust is to put the onus where you can have some leverage mm -hmm. because. You can, if the data exists at all, mm -hmm. yeah. you will always be able yeah. to spin a dystopian yeah. uh, hypothetical. Right. Mm -hmm. See, that's kind of where right. I'm at, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. if, if, yeah. if we don't restrict the type and origination of, these, of, the, of the data that can be collected, mm -hmm. it will be collected. Mm -hmm. And yeah. your assertion that it will be collected mm -hmm. is, uh, it will be collected and aggregated and collated, well, can and then be. Yeah. Yeah, that because it will be there, it can be done, and therefore probably will in some some place. Yeah. You know, yeah. terrible situation, right? Or, but even if it's being collected for ostensibly positive purposes, mm -hmm. with the expectation of privacy, what happens when those walls fall? We've all heard the stories about military personnel who have worn Fitbits mm -hmm. and had their information, their location data tracked inside of a facility, which is mm -hmm. off limits to being mapped, sure. mm -hmm. except you can tell exactly where the running track is and where yeah. the flight line is in an Air Force base because people run up and down the flight line. Yeah. And it's not something that the military people thought about when they wore their Fitbit. They were mm -hmm. just using it to track their heart rate data. Mm -hmm. And that data may not even be in a situation where it would normally be publicly accessible, mm -hmm. except for the one time that they accidentally configured an S3 bucket incorrectly, or worse, somebody broke in and stole it. Yeah. And so you know, th the fact that the data exists at all creates, well, it, Karen, earlier you said data is the new oil. I, yep. I hate the analogy. Yep. Data is uranium. It's, it's going to be radioactive and toxic because it exists. Well, and I actually said data is the new oil only because when it leaks, it's toxic. Right. Like all the other analogies are like, yeah, okay, it's valuable. Yeah, I got it. I'm a data chick. So, 
but that is the analogy I pull from all the data is the no to new tofu, data is yeah. the new bacon, like all of those. See, it comes down to eventually yeah. it's all toxic. I well, yeah, I think, I think it, what, what's going to happen is I think, I don't think we're going to go away from the quantified self or the quantified employee mm -hmm. because we're trying to measure ourselves, right? We, mm -hmm. We're always looking That's and me. trying to improve, yeah. right? Everyone's yeah. okay. We have our own KPIs, right? Yeah. And we're looking then at we better make our peace with it. That's, right. That's oh. the point. If right. you want it yeah. and right. therefore you collect it, then you better be prepared for it to be misused. Oh, no. I mean, I, you know, it, you Possibly. know, you can't. Possibly. Well, how else yeah. if it exists? We're, so, what we're essentially saying is if it exists, so it I can think, be misused. I think there's yes. an area that we haven't looked at. or I'm not sure it'll be there in time. But there is a concept of, you know, we, we have password managers today, right? Mm -hmm. And we all use them in the various forms. Hopefully. Yep, hopefully, right? And I know a few people who don't and won't, and <laughs> I can't right. talk them into it. Well, they use a Google Sheet or Excel, yeah, right? Exactly. Or, or Storing notes, it in an open bucket right? and on yeah. S3. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. It's probably the best place for it. Um, <laughs> but a lot of the password managers have gone zero knowledge, right? In other yeah. words, mm -hmm. that you can have a service that does something for you in a way that only you can access it, but yeah. it provides a service for you. And yeah. with confidential computing, with secure enclaves, right, or secure yeah. computing, mm -hmm. there are now capabilities potentially as we develop those to give you services, to store your data, to process your data, to give you whatever analysis it is that you want in a manner that even the service provider can't get at it, right, to the extent that the mm -hmm. technology exists to do that. Now, there are some things you can never do like that. You can, I mean, you can't compare your run times with your friends. I mean, you know, but maybe mm -hmm. there's secure ways of sharing mm -hmm. because there's group file sharing such that there's only a mutually shared key and the service provider doesn't know about it. So I think there may be ways to mitigate some of this to give us the services that we're now used to, that we're looking for uh, from a technology perspective that the development of these things will come along. And I'm seeing some early elements of these, right, with, with sort of secure confidential computing. It, it's starting. It's hard. It's really yeah, hard. yeah, yeah, yeah. We really had this hard. discussion yesterday. Yeah, this did, is yes. about who owns the key. Yes, who yeah. owns the key? Who, who owns, owns the key? Yeah. So I'll give, you a, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, in, you have to be on recent, the most recent, I think, versions of um, all of Apple's operating systems to do this. That's right. But they have something called mm -hmm. advanced data protection. That's correct. Mm -hmm. And it's a pain in the butt. I have in my uh, backpack a YubiKey that I have to carry with me, Yes. Mm -hmm. right? Because I have the key. Yeah, yeah. you have the key. Right. I have the key. And, if you and I have it. the key for my whole family's yeah. devices, yeah. Yeah. right? That's right. So, uh, the you know, we're, on you, the, right? the onus is on me, and it is imperfect. I can't, you know, it doesn't work for photos, for example, mm -hmm. or other things, but it does work for the stuff we yeah. really care for about. For notes, for stuff like that. Yeah, you, right. Yeah, correct. Right. But, it, but, but it is zero knowledge. It is zero point. knowledge. It if, is zero, if you lose it, if I lose the key, they gone. don't know. It's yeah. gone. Imagine all your photos gone because you lost the key. Correct. But, but at the same time, it prevents <laughs> yeah. people from dropping Pegasus on your machine or your phone by using other avenues that you didn't know you could secure. Yeah. True. Sure. But it's sure. a level of responsibility I don't see becoming commonplace. You guys all can understand what we're talking about mm -hmm. here, and you might do it. Yeah. But the, yeah. you know, for the for the for employee nine, yeah, yeah. yeah. who's no, just yeah. doing her I job, would, I would, yeah. right, and has an insulin pump. Yeah. Oh. How do we get her there? Yeah. We just never really do. And all, well, my parents, you know, it's a user knowledge. But the danger with zero knowledge is that you, they have no knowledge. They have no knowledge, and you lose the key. Yeah. And if they lose the key, exactly. all the photos are gone. All your data is gone. Mm -hmm. I mean. <laughs> It's, what do you do then, right? You buy your photos back from the dark web. That's what <laughs> you do. 
Dark web. Does someone breach me? It's the ultimate backup. Yeah, yeah, the dark web. If someone breach me, please, you know, I'll pay for my photos. But the whole idea of privacy is not something new. I can remember growing up when my parents wouldn't iron my name onto shirts because they didn't want child predators to know my name and use that to build trust with me. Now, of course, my parents are all so the same people that post the most ridiculous crap on Facebook now. And they're like, oh, they don't know that when you click the like button, I can interrogate three straight yeah. pages of checkboxes about everyone I'm connected to. Yeah. So it, it goes in waves. And I think what it comes down to is, is a lot of people don't understand the value of what that data represents. Mm -hmm. And the problem is also that ultimately, at a certain point, the amount of data that I'm collecting is not valuable because I know Alex or Karen or Roy. I know the buckets that you fall into. Bingo. So I can target things at you as a group, mm -hmm. maybe as a vegetarian or a runner or someone who likes to buy boats. I don't know what you happen to be, mm -hmm. but based on the data that I can aggregate about you. And that's data that leaks out no matter what. And is that something that can even be secured? So Google's trying this. I just noticed it in the latest version of Chrome that was uploaded to my Mac or downloaded to my Mac the day the other day. I forget what it's actually called, but it's group interests. Right. And so it's their response. Do you know the name of it? It's I don't remember what it is. It's but their it's, response to third party cookie tracking. That's correct. And yeah. what they are attempting to do in short is um, assess the groups as you were describing that you, you know, the demographic groups that you would fit into, and these expire in, I think, 14 or 21 days. And that's what they sell mm -hmm. to advertisers. Yeah, yeah, the so there are some approaches mm -hmm. to try and reduce tracking, which is, you know, one of the main objections people have about invading their privacy. Yeah. Well, as you can see, privacy, security, they're all kind of interwoven. I, I need to know certain things in order to be able to keep you safe, but there are things that I shouldn't know about you. There are things that legally I'm not allowed to know about you, even if you tell me. And that always comes down to policy. I am not allowed to fire someone in a protected class. If I've used knowledge of their class to fire them, that's illegal. But there's no rule that says I can't just say I didn't decide to, to fire you for any reason. Mm -hmm. The ultimate goal is knowing that the data about you exists and that you have a right to ensure that it is protected somehow. And until we start pushing back and until we start making people understand that the possession of that data for any reason is an expense that they can't afford, they're going to hold on to it as long as possible. So if you are someone who is as privacy focused as anyone involved in the security industry should be, you need to start telling companies how critical it is that they get rid of the data they don't need and right. they protect the data that they have to have because otherwise we're going to be into a dystopian future where everybody knows everything about us and there's nothing we can do about it. Instead of the future where, oh, you leaked my data? Well, I expect millions of dollars in compensation. And I know it sounds like a crazy stretch, but I promise you, once your personal information leaks on the internet, millions of dollars is the least of your worries. <laughs> That'll just about do it for this episode of the On-Premise IT Podcast. You can catch the latest episode every couple of weeks on our Twitter uh, social media accounts, or you can go to gestaltit.com slash podcast. You can also see us on our website, uh, YouTube channel, at youtube.com slash gestaltitvideo, or you can subscribe to the On-Premise IT Podcast in your favorite podcast application. We look forward to being able to debate another great premise with you in the future. Stay tuned.